The regular season is officially over. Me and Doug will break down exactly what we saw this entire year, what went right in some of the situations, but what went mostly wrong and what you can expect going forward. All today on the Locked On Hornets podcast. We're Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. In a minute, cuz we live. We live. <laughs> It's Locked On Hornets. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your pods, and that includes YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com, promo code Locked On. I'm Walker Mail. You can find me on WFNZ every single day, every single weekday from 12 to 3, Sports Radio 92.7 FM. I'll be out there for Exit Media Day coverage early this morning here on the East Coast, 9 a.m. Steve Clifford will be speaking to media, and then the players will be rolling in. We'll have you covered not only on WFNZ, but also right here on Locked On Hornets. And so will that Substack that you visit every day now. Every Hornets box score, you can find it on everyhornetsboxscore.com, curated by one Doug Branson, who you see on YouTube. Yep. How are we doing, Doug? It is the final. It is We're done. No more regular season games. And it was a doozy, baby. 2022-2023. <laughs> as much as I'm proud of us for sticking with it every day, it was a grind. You picked up more Hornets responsibility with your Substack. This was the year you picked up more. <laughs> Above all it's else. A weird, it's a weird bet. Yeah. It's a weird you know? Bet. No, but listen, I've had a good time. And, and yeah. look, I, I think obviously this season uh, is not ending like any of us wanted it to end. Uh, but there have been a lot of promising developments a- as we close out the season. <laughs> and it felt a lot like these last two games against Houston and Cleveland were sort of uh, the baby that gets older and then turns into an old man and and becomes a baby again. Like it just feels like full circle. We had Kai Jones chucking up three-pointers, missing them badly. We had lots of just terrible offense. I mean, it felt like summer league all over again. Uh, but there were great moments. In fact, in that game against Cleveland uh, yesterday in the afternoon, you had Mark Williams, you had Bryce McGowans, and each of them scored a career high 22 points. It's Fee McKayluk, who probably shouldn't, you know, in, in a regular situation, be taking as many shots as Fee McKayluk has been taking. But he's also shown elements of his game that are super interesting. Teo Maladone, the young point guard. I really can't believe how young he really is. Uh, because he plays so maturely. He plays so much older than his actual age would indicate. And the Hornets have to figure out what the, you know his future with the organization is, but I think they found a little nugget there. So there have been all of these little nuggets, and you know, if, if the lottery treats us right, I think there's a lot to be hopeful for as a Hornets fan. Yeah, so we'll, we'll go down at least this weekend, do the big picture stuff and tell you what kind of coverage you can expect ahead at the end of the show before we get to the lottery, before we get to the actual NBA draft process. But you're right. This is what Eric Collins said on the broadcast yesterday, Doug. It's something very similar to what you did when he said, I'm telling you what, Hornets fans, if you need something to look forward to throughout the summer, it is the fact that Mark Williams went for 22 points and got you a double-double, also grabbing 10 rebounds. It's the fact that Bryce McGowan's another draft pick from this past year. So your first and your second round pick 
they both got you 20 points in this last game of the regular season, where if Mark Williams is showing you a couple of blocks and his specialty, which is the defensive prowess, Bryce McGowan's not only got you 20, but he also got you 10 free throw attempts where he hit nine of them. So he's showing you his special skill that we've already talked about as Bryce McGowan's has been giving you double digits. Not only did Bryce give you 20 against uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers, he also gave you 16 against the Houston Rockets in their second to last game of the season. This is where, look, I'm not trying to cover up dirt. I'm not, it's like literally trying to hide the elephant in the room. Like, okay, yo, put it over here. You know, you can't see it. Everything is, everything is so sparkly and everything was fantastic this season. At the end of the year, though, it is nice to see your draft picks. If the the goal is to get out of this because of what you've done for the future, Mark Williams, Bryce McGowan's, both of those guys did look good over the weekend. And in particular, Mark, you, you you did answer one question that was desperately needing to be answered for quite some time. Mm-hmm. And you feel great about your center for the future right now. Well, you feel great about your starting center for the future. Yeah. You know, I would still I would still have big questions going into the offseason about the depth that this team has at center. Okay. Because if we've Baby learned steps. anything Let's get the starter, then we can get the depth. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. So it starts with the starter. There's no doubt about that. But I think my larger point would be that the mistake I think to, that the team could make this offseason is to think that, well, you know, the injuries really hampered us, but had we not had the injuries, we would have been okay. And I said the same same thing last season, last offseason, which was to think that, you know, if we just run this thing back one more time, that things will be different. Uh, I, I think that would be. Uh, a fallacy. Um, and, and I think they still have some improvements to make at the center position. Mark Williams is making improvements, but is not fully formed as a player, uh, d- despite a good end to his rookie season. And I think they have depth issues and, and, you know, hopefully they can address those in the off season. Uh, but I love what I'm seeing out of McGowan's. I mean, I, I think he has go-to scoring potential. He's got to knock down a few more shots. He's got to hit his free throws, but the fact that he can get to the line, uh, as often as he as he does is super promising when you're talking about a guy that you're going to be looking to 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 score uh, seemingly at will and put it, put together a couple of baskets. I mean that's to me that's one of the most exciting things that's developed uh, at the close of the season is hey McGowan's gets more responsibility. We've seen him play minutes in more experienced lineups and those experienced lineups don't tend to pass him the ball or didn't tend to pass him the ball this season. So it was nice to see him take a more lead role in the offense. And I think he handled it super well. Yeah. I will say this before we move on and kind of go more so recap over the entire season, look at some of the veterans and how they did. If we wanted to mention James Booknight as another young player that you are going to be paying attention to this off season and beyond not as hot of an end as he t- as he did against you know Chicago when he performed and got 22 points, 21 against Toronto, 20 point loss. But James Booknight still gave you a pretty decent outing. It was an unexpected opportunity for Booknight because of yes, even for the Hornets' standards, a lot more injuries to end the season. Eight, six, and twelve is what Booknight will end on. Thirty three percent from the field is the most he would shoot in in two of those three games. The other one he shot thirty, and the three point shot, as we were talking about, with him throwing up a lot from beyond the arc. Two of six against Toronto, zero of five against Houston, two of eight against Cleveland. So not the best of endings there for your first round pick. And Kai Jones from you know another first round pick from a couple of years ago. I had an interview with him on FNZ. 
the guy's awesome to talk to, you know, he will speak to details a lot more than anybody else where even Mark Williams, he'll give you something a little every now and then, but Kyle will really describe what he's working on. He talked about screen angles for a long time because of what Steve Clifford and him have, you know, talked about in the film room. He's talked about how power forward and center, they bring a lot of the same responsibilities actually defensively, but he did say that he wanted to shoot more. He did say that in the interview. And he also talked about, getting up a lot more shots. He is working on his three-point shot quite a bit with Coach Bruce, as he called him, Bruce Kreitzer, legendary shooting coach here in Charlotte. And it didn't, it wasn't on display the last few games. We'll see if that's something that carries over. But just real quickly to end the first segment, Doug, your thoughts on Book Knight and Kai Jones at the end of this season going into this offseason. They've got a lot of work to do. <laughs> I yep. mean, I don't think that there's any other opinion that you can have after watching them play this season. They've They've offered... Uh, glimpses at what they can be, uh, but they have yet uh, to put together sustained success and and also sustained levels of play that don't actively hurt your ability to play uh, on on either end of the floor. Uh, for for James Booknight offensively, it's the the hoisting up the tough shots that don't go in at a percentage that you need them to go in to compensate for the fact that defensively he's trying really hard, and I think he's made improvements there, but he's fouling a ton, um, and and I think it's uh, you know that's that's hurting the team defensively uh, his his ability not to or his inability to guard without fouling, and then for Kai Jones it's just the mistakes, it's the turnovers, it's the ball handling, it's the bad screens. You know, I'm sure. I'm sure he can talk to those details a lot because I think on some level, you know, he's having to go through some sort of fundamental training on things that probably got even guys his age that are because look, guys are coming in younger, but I think even guys his age are a little bit more seasoned on and, and have an understanding. It seems like, you know, probably whatever opportunity that the team gets, they're taking Kai Jones to school a little bit and, and trying to get this thing figured out. A lot of work to do. It's going to be a huge summer for both of those guys. And you really, I think, to be any kind of confident about their future with the Charlotte Hornets, you're going to have to see some major improvements for that, from them uh, in the summer and, and in summer league. Yeah, it's going to be a while before we get there, but we will have you covered every step of the way here on Locked On Hornets. A couple more segments to go coming up next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. We'll start to take a look at some of the stories surrounding the vets on this squad. And Nick Carboni, he joined us last week to give us some of the storylines he won't forget. Doug was out that day, so we'll get some of Doug's thoughts on the storylines he will not forget from this past season. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. It's a daily fantasy website or app where you can pick two to six players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. There's no competing against other people. It's just you versus is the projections available and they offer projections on any sport you watch i mean any sport you watch nba nfl mlb men's and women's college basketball soccer esports nascar tennis disc golf euro basketball cricket there's so many more go check it out entries can be made in 60 seconds or less it's really that easy 
You also have safe and fast withdrawals, and they're currently operational in over 30 states and even Canada. So download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com, sign up today, and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit 100, prize picks gives you 100. If you deposit 50, they give you 50. You get the idea. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. A couple more segments to go. Locked on Hornets coming up next. Is locked on Hornets. I'm glad we have YouTube now for everybody to see just how bulked you are. Can you give us a gun show flash real quick? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Me look and you, these, man. Look, look, look at that look drape. That. Look, look <laughs> That's 100% grade A. Look, here I am doing it. Look at these noodle arms right here. Look, they just flow. We got it. Listen. listen. Yep. Yeah. If you want long, chicken wings? Arms. If you're if you've been starving for some chicken wings, this is the show for you, folks. <laughs> YouTube.com yeah. I mean, forward slash chicken wings. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. So if you look at the Hornets' official record on the season after their win against Cleveland, they do end on a positive note: twenty-seven and fifty-five. And look, Doug. 27 wins. I said this when they had 26 and before the end of the season, of course, picked up that last one. It's it's more than you would think the fourth best odds would get at the end of this particular year where everybody was so scared that it was going to be Tankapalooza and everyone was just going to bottom out as much as they possibly could to get what is known as a generational prospect in Victor Wembanyama. But the Hornets were entrenched in that spot. And that's what's also interesting where you had, goodness gracious, 10 games to go. And there was really no way that the Hornets were going to catch Orlando. Portland came down a little bit, too, over there on the West Coast. Detroit, they have a 10-game lead. Detroit became so egregious. They they did not subscribe to the memo that Adam Silver sent out at the beginning of the season. As soon as they got some injuries, they're, all right, let's fully embrace it. Shameful. The Hornets finished 10 games above the Pistons in the Eastern Conference. And Detroit finished with a worse record then Houston and San Antonio, and it was Detroit and the Hornets. They were battling for a little while with that positioning, if there is such a thing as battling for that positioning in the Eastern Conference. They finished with 27 wins. They're locked in. They're going to have a 12.5% shot at getting Victor Wembanyama. The three teams I just mentioned are all going to have a 14% shot. So we're going to have you covered with this offseason. But I, I do think, Doug, that the Hornets, unlike those other three teams, they're in a situation where they did not come in with any inkling that they might tank. All the other teams did. The, the, no surprise at all that these other three teams are down here. Surprise that Charlotte is the fourth worst team in the league. But again, it's all because of the injuries. LaMelo played 36 games. We know how badly it was. You know, Miles Bridges, we did not expect to be arrested for felony domestic violence. So many other injuries to account for. Because of some of the veterans that they have on this squad, Victor, Scoot, Brandon Miller, Amen, Asar, any of the Thompson twins, whatever the rookie is that you draft in the lottery, they're going to come into a situation where they have veterans to work with. And I do think that is going to benefit whatever the rookie is with their playing time, playing with grownups rather than playing with just a bunch of young players and, you know, essentially playing with your glorified G League team that is up in the big leagues playing in the association. And we'll just see what kind of veterans they have in store going forward because they do have a lot of personnel decisions to make. Yeah, well, I think what's odd is that 
the didn't Vegas have the Hornets at 32 wins at the beginning of the season? Do I have that number right? Do you recall what Vegas? Ooh, I had? think it was more, and people bet the under pretty hard. But maybe I'll look it up. But yeah, I think maybe I think that maybe was your maybe, maybe that was your bet. More. Maybe you thought 32. Uh, but yeah, if it was if it was indeed 32, then and had they hit that that would have landed them the fourth worst odds in the NBA. So, cause I mean, tra- the trailblazers ended uh, yeah. with 33 wins. So it really wouldn't have changed things all that much. You're talking about six more wins and it wouldn't have changed the Hornets fate. Yeah. I mean, the Pistons were shamefully tanking the Hornets lost to the Rockets uh, and, and couldn't get anywhere uh, near the Pistons. They lost to the Pistons twice. The Hornets lost to the Pistons twice mm-hmm. and couldn't get anywhere near uh, the Pistons in, in that race. Um, so look, and and the Hornets, I think, are more than likely un- not to dispatch head coach Steve Clifford unless you have a situation where uh, the the ownership structure of the team changes and they feel like they want a clean house. Uh, then you know maybe you see Steve Clifford go at that point. Uh, but right now, all signs point to you know them keeping Steve Clifford because honestly, I think he's, you know, Clifford's done an admirable job keeping this team together and really drama free um, and, and and playing hard despite all of these injuries. (laughs) I've joked this season that it's, it's been an even more difficult season to endure because teams that I traditionally look to in the NBA to say, well, it could be worse teams like the New York Knicks who are right now fifth in the Eastern conference and the Sacramento Kings, who are always the team as Hornets fans, you can look to and go, well, you know, there there are brethren in irrelevancy. Well, now they've made the playoffs. Now the Hornets have the longest playoff drought. So you have all these teams floating, you know, to the top that I've traditionally looked to for solace. Uh, I thought I was doomed. And then Minnesota comes along. <laughs> Minnesota oh, yeah. right now, the eighth seed in the Western Conference. They've got a play-in game to play. But they are absolutely unraveling. Jaden McDaniels, the brother of former Hornet Jalen McDaniels, punches a wall, fractures his hand. This is the final game of the season, right before this massive Uh, play-in game for the franchise. And then you've got Rudy Gobert, the guy that they gave up a zillion picks for, getting in fights on the sideline, throwing punches at a teammate. Uh, So look, you know, if the Hornets do get competitive in the next year or so, uh, let let us all just hope uh, that it doesn't come apart at the seams uh, right at the ends, and and you know they get good, but at the expense of the entire team trying to fight one another. Um, just real quickly, the over under was thirty six and a half set this season, courtesy of DraftKings. All and right, then, so that would have put them. Well, that would have that would have put them right at the. That would have been worst case scenario, honestly, because then you would have missed the yeah. play. You would have been the Pacers at that point, one yeah. game above the Pacers. Yeah, that would have yeah. been. I would take. Unfortunately, you know, yes. it's been a tough season, but I'd take what's happening now over that for sure. Yes, yes, that that's exactly right. I would rather have the fourth best odds than go 36 wins and then get in the middle. And, you know, I, it, it is the worst spot to be in. But also, Doug, you mentioned all the drama, which was plentiful on the last day of the regular season just yesterday. Not only did you have the situation in Minnesota, but how about our Lord in our year 2022-2023, Mason Plumley getting in it with Bones Highland with the L.A. Clippers. Mason <laughs> Plumlee's out here. <laughs> Had a bony to pick. That? That's amazing. <laughs> Chastising dudes. I love it. And then so that is a storyline that I will not forget this year. The fact that Mason Plumley had his breakout NBA season in what was, God, was he 33 when he was traded? Something like that. Maybe younger than that. But either way, a veteran that we did not expect that type of play from. Got a second round pick. 
the Hornets did the right thing. They traded him. A contender wanted him for some center depth, and so they got Mason Plumley. And the dude was hitting up pull-up left-handed jumpers. That is a thing that happened for Mason mm-hmm. Plumley this year. I didn't on dream top that. of his increase, right. <laughs> increased free throw percentage with his left hand as well. That is something I will always remember. I I mentioned it with Nick. I literally have the left-handed jumper T-shirt. What's another couple of storylines that you did not get to share on the episode we had with Nick? Well, I just wanted to give you a little number context because we've said the word injury about a thousand times this season. Everyone understands that injuries have been a factor, but I thought I'd just share some numbers that really, I think, send this home. Are you ready for these numbers? I need, you probably should sit down. If you're okay, driving, I, I would suggest pulling over before I read these because cool. uh, these right. are going to trouble you, okay? These are the missed games pre-tank, so pre-everybody sitting for you know, all the, essentially all the veterans sitting, even if they probably could have played. Some of them probably could have played, but they were sitting with injuries, okay? Uh, this is missed games pre-tank. Cody Martin, 69. LaMelo Ball, 50. Kelly Oubre, 28. Gordon Hayward, 26. Dennis Smith Jr., 22. And here's the number. Games, this is the number of games with less than three major rotation pieces out. So these are this is the number of games okay. that I would consider the Hornets healthy enough where injuries are not an excuse. When you've got less than three major rotation pieces Ooh, out, okay, even two is significant. But I got gotcha. you that that's totally fair for, for the Hornets, right? Yeah, I'm be, I'm even kind of being just I'm being generous because yes, we we, no. we talk often about how in the NBA you really do need multiple superstars in order to sustain injuries to major rotation pieces outside of those superstars. The Hornets have one borderline star in LaMelo Ball. He's an all-star, but but still growing. And so they really can't sustain multiple injuries to major rotation pieces. But this is the games with less than three. 18 out of 82 games. I mean, (laughs) that's... so many. Yeah, it's crazy. nuts. Uh, It's nuts. You have zero shot. You really do. You have zero shot. You can argue all day long... I hear you. If you wanted to say that the Hornets weren't going to be good anyway, that's fine. Whatever. We don't have any proof. Don't know if they would have broken that 36 and a half over under total at the beginning of the season, but you are absolutely not going to do it. If you have 18 games where there are less than three big time players on your roster injured. And here's another stat. If we just want to go through all of the pain of the injuries, I have a stat for you as well. I read this on Friday on Wesson Walker. Here are the top five leaders for you in games played this season top five okay pj washington 73 games for him that's something probably understated about pj the fact that he was the healthy guy until the very end of the season jt thor was second jt thor participated in the second most amount of games this year in 68 iron man nick richards 64 terry rogier got 63 Mason Plumley, Jalen McDaniels, dudes that were traded at the deadline were fourth and fifth or tied for fifth with most <laughs> amount of games played for this team. They were traded. Thank you for your And they service. got 56 games under their belt, and they were in the top five most games played for the season. Uh, that's why they were Absolutely that's why not. they were traded. They were traded because yeah, they were playing in too many games. They were making right. us too good by, you know, having their bodies be functional mm-hmm. and available. And <laughs> Yeah, I mean, look, the injuries uh, have been ridiculous. The franchise does feel cursed. But all it takes is one lottery ball to go the Hornets' way, 
and all of a sudden uh, the, the Hornets uh, do become relevant again. So I'm excited about that. I'll also say, too, that all, all of this starts at the top. Uh, this possible team sale that's looming right now, uh, despite this draft with the generational player, I think the team st- sale is still the biggest storyline this offseason. And I really hope that the team does make a decision rather quickly on which way that's going to go. And even if the, the, that Michael Jordan decides to remain as uh, the, you know the, the majority governor of the Charlotte Hornets, I hope that if he decides to remain that, that he does take a more active role in the franchise that he does in terms of both opening the checkbook and then just providing direction as to where this, where this all is going. Uh, because I think the, the place that the Hornets have been in where they've been a little bit on the back foot and there's been a lot of talk about what they can't do. I'd like a little more talk about what the Hornets can do to improve this situation. Otherwise, again, I don't know what justification I can lend to people uh, to you know renew those season tickets or to buy season tickets for next season unless they get Victor you know that would be the only thing well and, and you have exit day interviews today taking place at 9 a.m starting with Steve Clifford Mitch Kupchak going to be uh, going to be speaking to media tomorrow that is the expected time for him so hopefully we'll hear some decent things as much as you can after a season like that all right coming up next on the lockdown Hornets podcast don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet We'll give you some more storylines that have come and gone this season, and we'll also look ahead to the offseason. This episode is brought to you by Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. If you've had some kind of fantasy about managing your own basketball franchise and wanting to play in the big leagues at that kind of position, go download Ultimate Pro Basketball GM right now. That game allows you to manage every strategic aspect of the franchise, playing through seasons and leading your franchise and fans to glory as you build a historic dynasty. In the simulation, you are responsible for everything from dealing with challenging personalities like the players and the coaches, hiring the right guys in the first place, trading and training the right players, making draft picks, and navigating your franchise through free agency and the draft, as well as all the ups and downs that come with it. Lockdown Hornets listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise too when using promo code Locked On in the game store. So make sure to check it out, download the game, just visit probasketballgm.com, scan the code, or look it up on the app stores. That's probasketballgm.com slash ultimate probasketballgm. Probasketballgm.com, ultimate basketball GM. Start your dynasty today. One more segment. This is Locked on Hornets. And would, what, would I have liked to see a few more shards? Shards? No, I would not have. Only on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Doug, when we were talking after the storyline episode we had with Nick Carboni, you mentioned me, you mentioned to me one that I had forgotten happened this year. I thought it had happened like two years ago, but you brought to me the fact that the Kimba Walker storyline also occurred this season. Tell us more about why Kimba Walker, that storyline will always be something you remember. Oh, well, it's a, it's a, will they, won't they situation you know, do you re you had the opportunity as a franchise to reunite uh, with your leading scorer of all time and Kimba Walker, he was, he was out there to be had eventually Dallas would scoop him up. Uh, but I don't think that really worked out as well. It seems unfortunately 
that this may be the end of the road in terms of the NBA for Kimba Walker and and that really due to some of the injuries that the Hornets were beginning to sense uh, when they decided to move on from him and and usher in th- their next era of Hornets basketball without Kimba Walker. Uh, so yeah, I mean that story was a little bit sad on a lot of fronts because the only reason that it even was a question of will they, won't they, is because the Hornets did have a hole at the point guard position in terms of depth. Like they've got it figured out with LaMelo Ball. That's their starter. There's no doubt about that. But but when LaMelo Ball is out, who's responsible for handling the ball? They didn't have an answer to that question. And, and I think you and I and a lot of people that pay attention to the Hornets were really focused in on the center position because it's been so bad for so long. And I've called it franchise malpractice that they've gone in to multiple seasons now with without a really true answer at the center position, especially from a defensive standpoint. But all of us got okey-doked because none of us paid attention to the fact that, hey, they don't really have a great answer at backup point guard. And they only figured one out. They only got they got lucky in that they figured it out at the very last moment, picking up Taylor Maladone and Dennis Smith Jr. Well, Walker, can you imagine what this team would have been? It might have been Detroit-level bad had they not been able to get some uh, defensive prowess and some rejuvenation of a career from Dennis Smith Jr. and then just some kind of out-of-the-blue organized basketball from Teo Maladone and some three-point shooting that I don't know existed, that I don't know OKC knew existed. Dennis Smith Jr. shot threes pretty well. So, but but still, with all, even with those two minor success stories, yeah. uh, the injuries piled up on them, and they too often relied on guys that aren't point guards to play point guard, and that had domino effects on the entire season. When you asked Terry Rozier to do more with the ball in his hands, he turned it over and he didn't shoot well. When you asked Gordon Hayward to to be point guard, you know, to be facilitator, his shooting went down, his offense went away. And so that meant that when you combine that with the fact that LaMelo Ball actually brings a lot of positives to your offense for obvious reasons, you combine all that together, and it meant that when LaMelo Ball was off the floor, the Hornets were generally a disaster on the offensive end. Yeah, nobody could set anybody up. That was the problem. They had become so used to playing with LaMelo, who, yes, had his injuries in his rookie season, but actually was relatively healthy last year was LaMelo. And so you got to get used to LaMelo as your point guard, setting up Gordon Hayward, Terry Rozier, anybody on the squad. And then he only plays 36 games where you can't even develop a rhythm, too. I mean, it, it would be different if LaMelo missed all of his games and then came in and played the last 36 or vice versa. But right. what happened was he was in and out constantly. He would come back and then he'd go right back, back out suffer another ankle injury, steps on a fan's foot, P.J. Washington lands on his foot, and then all of a sudden you have the bad injury that would keep him out the rest of the season where there was something a little more serious. But he was constantly in and out. And, you know, I asked Terry Rozier about the rhythm and how hard it was. He, he said it was difficult. He said his role doesn't change. He kind of, you know, brushed it off his shoulder. I think it does change just by watching. <laughs> I think anyone with basketball. eyeballs could see that it changed. Like, I'm, it I mean, did. you know, and, with all due respect to Terry – you know, he's a warrior. He goes out there and says, what do you need me to do? I'm going to go out there and do it. Yeah. But I think anyone that watched, <laughs> that subjected themselves to some of these games where he and, and Kelly Oubre combined for, you know, 75% of the shot attempts, they could see, oh, the ball's not moving. And when it does, they turn it over. 
and Terry Rozier isn't the same offensive player when he's asked to play point guard than he is when he's asked to play shooting guard. So just to to end on a couple of other storylines with guys on the roster, I'll kick back to you a couple of things I mentioned with Nick, who joined us last week. If you guys want to check that episode out, you know, I, I PJ Washington playing 73 games in a contract year. It's a big storyline, you know, ups and downs hot at the beginning of the season, a big old win against Golden State, 30 points, and then, you know, would level out, but then really ended the season strong until he got hurt and could not play the last few games. And also, Doug, the, the, the two guys I'd like to shed light on the most this season, it's PJ and it's also Kelly Oubre. And I I think Kelly Oubre is the player he is. I think he stepped up in situations for sure. I think Kelly Oubre also, you know, he changed a little bit at the beginning of the season. He was attacking. He was shooting the mid-range. Wasn't just chucking from deep, right? Like, I, I, I think there was a real noticeable difference. That guy won the Rick Bennell Media Award and deserved every single bit of it. And Kelly, all, all, all thoughtful, every single time he stepped up to the podium and on the court. It, it's not it's not some selfishness pounding of the chest when he's excited that he made a play himself. Although I'm here every single second for that when he's dunking on you and then pointing in your face. I love all of it. But he's excited, noticeably excited when a teammate makes a play. And this season went about as bad as it could from a veteran standpoint. No one wants to finish towards the bottom like you did in a season where you're expected to win. But Kelly's come out, says he wants to stay in Charlotte. He's been there for his teammates. He's been there to put on a show as much as he could when he did step out on the court, even post-injury, right? Like this is someone that came back from injury and then also was giving you everything he had. I, I think Kelly Oubre, definitely a guy I want to shed light on this season for the year he uh, he played for the Hornets, maybe his last one. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's uh, it's been crazy to see someone who really was generally the same player for you know, multiple years to start his career uh, and then to completely flip that around this season um, was, I think, impressive. Uh, and I also think it's a testament to Steve Clifford's ability to come in uh, a little bit on short notice and learn people's games and then, you know, yeah. talk to players about like, hey, you know, Maybe if we do this, it can lead to great things. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I thought Kelly Oubre did an admirable job considering the circumstances, and I think all of these guys, you have to evaluate them. Um, if you want to evaluate them fairly, then you have to understand, you know, what they were being asked to do and why they were being asked to do it. Um, P.J. Washington was asked to take on a significant – portion of the offense when so many of these players were down and to his credit and I think uh, to his wallet's benefit uh, he stepped up to that challenge in a big way now there are elements of his game that I would love to see improve in the offseason it does it he did not play perfect basketball by any stretch mm, of the imagination no I think you can pin a couple of these losses on PJ Washington's uh, clutch, you know, late game ability to grab rebounds, to sort of stay aware, to stay in the moment. I think he's got to focus in on that. I would love to see PJ Washington on a team where, you know, you are healthy and you've got some talent around you and PJ Washington suddenly becomes a third or fourth option. I'd love for him to be an, a better option late in games offensively where you throw him the ball and you go, that guy's going to knock down a big shot. You know, I, I well, did one of the better field goal ex percentages in all the NBA, given like 50 shots in clutch time. 
Yeah, there were just moments this season I thought that it it didn't, you know, and talking about the roller coaster, really, it, it's less even about the Boys end of games coaster. and more just about like, okay, you know, he fu- he fired up a lot of shots in the first half and then the second half he goes away. That's, yeah. you know, maybe more consistency of play is what I'm really looking for there. Yeah, um, which is so, in PJ's game. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and, and he took over the role this season of guy that got back cut the most from, <laughs> I think he took that mantle from Miles Bridges this season. So there are moments, and again, I'm not, I'm just saying that everybody on this team really needs to evaluate themselves this summer and improve because I don't I don't think anyone played perfect basketball uh, this year. No. Uh, so, so and and there are some built-in excuses, but I think if these guys are smart, they'll avoid all of those excuses and go into this summer preparing like it's the most important summer of their NBA career. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, hopefully, yes. <laughs> There's a lot of work to be done all across the board for the Charlotte Hornets, and we'll get some answers today about what they plan to do, and then we'll see if that action actually carries out as the offseason goes on. We'll have you covered as well, by the way. I'm going to be out there at the Spectrum Center, going to be out there all day, and we'll be retweeting from the account, the Lockdown Hornets account. We'll be doing that from our own accounts as well. Doug will have something for you on everyhornetsboxscore.com, and you can check us out live from the Spectrum Center, Weston Walker on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We appreciate you making us your first listen, as you do every weekday. Now, again, make your second listen, Game to Game NBA. It's every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the league with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you tomorrow. 